0: Chapter Two of Stories of Symphonic Music. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Stories of Symphonic Music by Lawrence Gilman. Chapter Two Bantock. Granville Bantock, born in London August seventh, eighteen sixty eight now living in Birmingham, England. Tone Poem, The Witch of Atlas This tone poem is noteworthy, aside from its intrinsic quality, for the completeness with which it fulfils the obligations imposed by logic and consistency upon the writer of programme music. Here is an orchestral work inspired by certain portions of Shelley's poem, a musical illustration of various passages which in themselves contain the imaginative essence of that extraordinary fantasy. But the composer has not been content merely to tell us that his music is a tone poem after Shelley. He has gone further. He has quoted as a preface to the score the precise passages in the poem which suggested his music. And opposite each passage he has placed a key letter which refers to a duplicate printed at the beginning of the corresponding illustrative passage in the music. That is to say, he has enabled us to follow him throughout the entire course of his musical exposition, not dubiously and by guesswork, but with certitude and intelligent comprehension. We are not put to it to decide whether, for example, the mellifluous andante passage of four horns in the middle section of the work is intended as an illustration of the lines in the poem descriptive of the green and overarching bower inhabited by those who had received the witch's panacea or of the lines which celebrate the radiance of her beauty we know precisely what it is intended to represent and are in a position not only to feel its effect as sheer music but to appreciate its excessive force prefaced to the score are these excerpts from shelley's poem they are quoted here together with an indication of the character of the music which introduces each corresponding section of the tone-poem. A. A lady which there lived on Atlas's mountain, within a cavern by a secret fountain. A tranquil passage for solo violin, muted. B. Tis said she was first changed into a vapour, and then into a cloud, such clouds as flit, like splendour-winged moths about a taper round the red west when the sun dies in it a mysterious phrase for solo viola above trumpets trombones and tuba pianissimo with harp arpeggios c and old silenus shaking a green stick of lilies and the wood gods in a crew came blithe as in the olive copses thick are drunk with the noonday dew and dry-open faunas followed quick teasing the god to sing them something new till in this cave they found the lady lone sitting upon a seat of emerald stone a solo violin has a wide arched phrase against sweeping harp arpeggios a staccato passage in the woodwind introduces a lyric theme in the strings An expansion of the one with which the tone poem opened. D. And every nymph of stream and spreading tree, and every shepherdess of ocean's flock who drives her white waves over the green sea, and ocean with the brine on his gray locks, and quaint Priapus with his company all came, much wondering how the inwombed rocks could have brought forth so beautiful a birth. Her love subdued their wonder. And their mirth. This section begins in more sprightly mood with trills on the solo violin against a staccato figure in the woodwind. E. For she was beautiful, her beauty made the bright world dim, and everything besides seemed like the fleeting image of a shade. Four horns sing a flowing and tender theme andante. Solo viola and solo cello play a pizzicato accompaniment. F. The deep recesses of her odorous dwelling were stored with magic treasures, sounds of air which had the power all spirits of compelling. Vigorous descending passages in the strings against fortissimo chords of the full orchestra introduce a theme of animated character announced by trumpets, trombones, tuba, Horns, woodwind, and strings. G. And then she called out of the hollow turrets of those high clouds, white, golden, and vermilion, the armies of her ministering spirits. In mighty legions, million after million, they came, each troop emblazoning its merits on meteor flags, and many a proud pavilion of the intertexture of the atmosphere they pitched upon the plain of the calm mere. The animated theme continues in the full orchestra. Later, an extended harp passage leads into the succeeding section. H. To those she saw most beautiful, she gave strange panacea in a crystal ball. They drank in their deep sleep of that sweet wave and lived thenceforward as if some control mightier than life were in them, and the grave of such, when death oppressed the weary soul, was as a green and overarching bower, lit by the gems of many a starry flower. The horn theme of section E returns in more elaborate orchestral dress, against pizzicato arpeggios and trills of the strings. Prelude Sappho This is an orchestral preface to nine fragments from Sappho set to music for contralto and orchestra, and indicating, says the composer, emotional moods of the Greek poetess as an introduction to her songs. The verses set to music by Mr. Bantock are 1. The famous hymn to Aphrodite, and the fragments beginning as follows. 2. I loved thee once, Athis, long ago. 3. Evening thou bringest all. 4 stand face to face friend Five. the moon has set six peer of gods he seems seven in a dream i spake eight bridal song o fair o lovely nine muse of the golden throne the prelude is constructed of themes taken from certain of the songs to which it serves as an introduction It opens with harp-chords in the manner of an improvisation, derived from the setting of the ninth fragment. Muse of the Golden Throne, O raise thy strain. This is repeated, then follows, after some intervening measures, an expressive phrase sung by violins, cellos, horn, and bassoon, which, in the setting of the fifth fragment, accompanies the words, I yearn and seek, I know not what to do, and i flutter like a child after her mother there is a crescendo leading to a fortissimo proclamation by the trumpet of a theme from the ninth fragment muse of the golden throne followed by the impassioned theme for violins and trumpet which towards the close of the fifth fragment underscores the lines yea eros shakes my soul yea eros a wind on the mountain falling on the oaks this leads directly into a climactic outburst for full orchestra on a theme borrowed from the sixth fragment dare i to love thee a languishing passage follows strings woodwind and horns taken from the setting of the words in the sixth fragment sight have i none nor hearing cold dew bathes me paler than grass i am and in my madness seem as one dead There is a brief crescendo then the conclusion of gradually subsiding intensity the music is almost note for note that of the seventh fragment delicate adonis is dying what shall we do beat your breasts maidens and rend your tunics ah for adonis the dawn shall see thee no more nor dark-eyed sleep the daughter of night ah for adonis End of section 2